So probably about the same height as me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, are you saying you could be a goalkeeper too? You could be the oh, next wait. national team goalkeeper. Eh, <laughs> the the age might be up there. I don't know. Goalkeepers oh, play at, at an older age. Yeah, but then again, you, you see me play at foosball last Saturday. You saw how, how terrible I was. Yeah, I still think I should have gotten bonus points, although I'm sure Sharon wouldn't have agreed with that. Oh, no. She, 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 I'm hard. She'd be giving, she would have been giving you more of a death stare than she was earlier. <laughs> well, he would have been getting the middle finger, though. <laughs> Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about last Saturday's game against Monterey Bay FC, our first loss at home, and unfortunately, it comes at this time in which we really felt like we could have done a lot more in this match, and we are going to look at the stats. We're going to see just why we deserve to get more than, you know, leave with a 1-0 loss and actually even get the three points too but i feel like i'm a broken record player at this point every time we get a loss or even when we get a tie that we deserve much better than that but uh, let's go ahead and introduce all of our co-hosts here tonight because we do have a full house but first as is usual every time we have a special guest on let me first uh take it over to jorge gutierrez who y'all heard him here a few weeks back in an episode welcome back jorge how's it going Thank you. Very good. Thanks, thanks again for having me. I love uh, being part of this uh, a special podcast. I really like it. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, now that I have you here, thank you again for giving me a great prediction because thanks to you, which we'll look at podcast winner dinner afterwards. <laughs> um, I'm doing pretty good. So just thank you for the good yeah. prediction for, uh, you know, being faithful with Keiko and Keiko delivering on that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's a good thing. I, I, I think you're still on top, right? Yeah, uh, I believe so. We're going to look right now, too. And just so all of our <laughs> listeners know, the reason I'm actually laughing is because Sharon's actually uh, making some gestures here, which I can't really repeat what they are, but y'all can imagine what they are. <laughs> so let's go ahead and now that I mentioned her, let's go to we'll Sharon wait. over no group. <laughs> hey, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, those gestures were not for anybody else but Luis Romano because... Uh, Dang it. It's, I don't like losing. I don't like losing. Well, no, no, no. I don't mind losing. I just don't like it when Luis Urbano is winning, you know? So it's kind of like, oh, I think he just edged ahead of me. We were tied after last week we tied and he got a point for naming the correct team that was going to get the first yellow. And so I, spoiler alert, I just spoiled it. So we don't have to talk about it later. Anyhow, I'm doing great. I had a great bike ride today on Father's Day. And I want to wish everybody out there who's a father or whatever. I don't care if it's a puppy, a child, you know, a cause. Happy Father's Day to all. Jared. Um, Just keeping my butt inside the house. We've already hit 109. So thankfully, I still have enough time to enter the 110 degree contest that uh, three TV heroes hosting. If you guess the right date and time it hits, you get five thousand dollars. Last year I fell thirty minutes short, but yeah, other than that, uh, you know, doing pretty good. Uh, I've got the the Monday off. Uh, just got done watching the USA Canada match as well. I, mean, I know we'll talk a little bit about that uh, here here soon. But uh, yeah, just 
doing good, keeping hydrated, keeping cool. You know, the usual thing here in Arizona. Wow, Jared, I, I actually left Arizona on a pretty good day yesterday, I gotta say. Because <laughs> it looks like you guys are now going to get the actual temperatures, not the ones that I experienced uh, last week there. But oof, that's rough. But hopefully you get the $5,000 because that's a sweet treat. And having to experience that weather, I think it's worth it if you're able to <laughs> make some money off that. Oh, you only experienced a fraction of it. You, you were barely here when it maybe crept up at about 100. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to fully experience Arizona, right? But I'm sure someday we will because one day Sharon and I will probably be there once again in Phoenix Rising Stadium, which we're going to talk about it here shortly. But they do a lot of things that I think should be done at Hartle Park and for a new stadium or I guess we could call it new, right? Just a newly moved stadium. It's pretty interesting all that they have going on too, but uh, hopefully we can get some of that and they can get some of our ideas too. Of course, they certainly had some things that uh, they could have improved on as well. Well, Sharon, let's go ahead and go to Galaz of Gratitude. And now one of my favorite segments, Galazas of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some galazas of gratitude. And as usual, I'm just going to go ahead and, and jump right in. You know, my first galaza of gratitude, again, as you have already mentioned, you know, gratitude towards Jorge for jumping on our podcast because he brings a entirely different perspective than what any of us have. And it's uh, delightful to have that. And another golaza of gratitude goes to uh, Taylor Soros. She's the, I'm not sure of her title, but I know she's the head of marketing uh, for Sac Republic. And she, her brainchild was yesterday's Brewfest. I attended the Brewfest for their very first inaugural Brewfest. I think she did a really good job. She had a lot of people helping, of course, and I, I I thought it went pretty well. I saw a lot of friends there. It was great. So Galazzo gratitude to Taylor and Sac Republic for hosting their inaugural Brewfest. Uh, rumor has it they may have another one come uh, the fall of this year. So looking forward to that. And, you know, again, Galazzo's of gratitude out to all the fathers, Father's Day. And there you have it, Jared. All right. Well, first of all, Galazzo of gratitude at uh for Luis, you know, for uh, coming out uh, last weekend. Uh, we actually had a, a pretty good time. We'll probably talk about that in, in a little bit here. And also for, you know, getting the tickets for the Diamondbacks game this past Wednesday, which uh, he, he came in for, for a great time because he bought nine innings and they decided to throw a, a, a tenth in for free. <laughs> and, and of course, uh, you know, just making sure that he, he got in okay to his hotel, which was right by the airport so i'm sure he's got a glass of gratitude for that uh also glass of gratitude uh, to you sharon for uh hearing about that i'm getting into the huge uh, stadium match in august which i certainly look forward to so uh, you definitely helped out to actually actually you were a couple steps ahead of me because that was going to be my next thing i was uh, thinking about as far as sorting out uh uh, logic and whatnot, but you were already ahead of me, so, so I appreciate that very, very much. And who knows, maybe we could squeeze in another uh, candy ha- heaven run during then. <laughs> You're right there, seriously, dude. Without exactly, so much fun. You get in pretty late on on Friday, but if you change your oh, yeah. I'll let you off early 
just make sure I'm the first to know that your flight has changed, you know, to earlier in the day. But yeah, it's going to be really fun having you in Sacktown in August. Anyhow, continue. Didn't mean to interrupt, but you will. No, no, no. I, absolutely. That, that's awesome. Uh, also, a glass of gratitude go out to the District Club in Old Town Scottsdale, who uh, selected me to win a free bottle. And we ended up getting a bottle of Casa Amigos. Uh, Luis, you know, it's stuck to some, you know, not non-alcoholic drink. So, so I'm, I'm sure that went well. And, of course, uh, glass of gratitude to Circle K for being open later that night so we can actually recover. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I mean, that's those are the big ones uh, right there and there. If, if more come across, I'll be sure to shout them out. To, oh, and, and also uh, to Jorge for, for, jo- for joining us for this podcast. I can't believe I forgot about that. So thank you. Thank you again, Jorge, for, for joining us. Always great to have guests. And, you know, I look forward to the insight that you're going to give us uh, today as well. Oh, dude, you're very welcome. Alexei. I I feel honored to be in this podcast. <laughs> Well, and as for me, uh, I got to first start with you, Jared, of course, uh, because I think my trip to Arizona would not have been the same if it wasn't for you. And I really have to be thankful for that light rail pass that you bought for one week. And I got to say, if anyone hasn't been to Phoenix yet, get the light rail pass. If that's the first thing that you do, because it's quite convenient to be able to go from one side of Phoenix to the other through that and also uh, your light rail pass gets you into the bus as well so you could pretty much go anywhere you want right whether if there's a bus stop around there you could probably do it and conveniently located in front of my hotel was the light rail so got the chance to take it uh, quite a few times Uh, another one goes out to potbelly sandwich shop which they are a national sandwich shop apparently now located in california but there are other locations throughout the country and I got to say their toasted sandwiches are amazing. Probably second to public subs, but really good ones. So if anyone is out there trying to find a good spot and you happen to have a pot bellies around, go go get yourself a sandwich. Um, so yes, you we just started talking. Sponsorship? Food. You're looking for a sponsorship from Pot Belly. I bet you. I bet you. And I should, just, yeah. <laughs> one more time. We just turned a soccer podcast into the show of food. The state of the food, yeah. <laughs> oh, but 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 see, he didn't even uh, mention Chiba Hut, you know, on game day either. Oh, that's yeah. true. That was another good sandwich spot. Yeah, Oof. yeah. And <laughs> he got he got some of the juice, uh, biggest and juiciest nugs decided to dispo. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, but overall, it was really great, and also a glass of gratitude once again to uh, a person that we cannot name, but who actually. Hooked Jared and I with uh, some tickets to the Phoenix against Oakland match. It was great. We had a blast at the match. It was quite the game. We thought Phoenix would be losing it, but they managed to pull the tie there at the end of the match. And it was really awesome seeing the Oakland Root supporters just constantly shouting at their ex-coach. That was something else. <laughs> and if you guys haven't seen some of the recordings we did, I think we have them posted um, on our stories. I know I have them on, on my personal Instagram stories there, but it was just something else. And I think they're going to be playing against uh, Oakland at Oakland here in what I think a week or so. So uh, if anyone wants to go watch that game, I mean, that that is a game that I'd say go watch because it's going to be quite the atmosphere for uh, their ex-head coach, Juan Guerra, who we all know all the situation that happened with him and how he left them halfway through the season. They weren't doing good. And so uh, now the tables have kind of churned since Oakland is a, a bit higher than them. But yeah, overall, it was a really great time. Had a blast in Arizona. Uh, I'm more than happy to come back someday and 
I know I was already telling Jared, you know, Sharon's up for it and they actually play on a Saturday, not on a Wednesday, then we could possibly look into getting a flight there, probably staying at the same hotel I stayed, which again is conveniently located across the street from the light rail and, you know, watching another Phoenix Rising game, but this time actually having some stake in it. So there you have it. Also, another actually goloso of gratitude goes out to Sharon because even though I wasn't able to go to yesterday's game, she actually had a ticket for me. So thanks, Sharon. Appreciate that. Uh, it's unfortunate that I wasn't able to be there, but that we're going to have two more home games. So I'll definitely be uh, at one of them. Good. And uh, Jorge, do you have any goloso of gratitude yourself? Yeah, I do. I do want to have uh, give a shout out to uh, my brother for hosting uh, this morning. Uh, we got together to spend time with my, with our father. Uh, you know, it was a great time. Uh, we make some, uh, I don't know if you guys are, well, Luis probably have uh, tostadas de ceviche, you know, uh, and, you know, outside in the pool. So kind of fit right with this weather. Um, and then also to also guys to my, to my pops, my father, you know, for, I guess, for being my father, you know, and, and, and always, uh, you know, being there for me, you know, uh, I love him a lot. And, you know, and I wish I, I'm hoping I, I can have it as long as, you know, I'm, I'm alive. So, but yeah, thank you. And then another Golosos of Gratitude to Sharon for, uh, you know, having me in this uh, uh, podcast, you know, and, and yeah, thank you, all three of you. You know, I should add one last Golosos of Gratitude now that we have Jorge on, just really quick. I know people like to hear all about the soccer and what we think about the soccer, and we'll get to that in like two seconds. But last weekend, I had a chance to go to a, a Mexican fiesta, essentially. And it was Jorge and Jessica's daughter, Victoria's fourth birthday. And they invited me to attend the, the fiesta for that, you know, and it was so much fun. There was mariachi, the DJ was playing all the great music and everyone was having such a good time and it was bright. And Jorge and Jessica are just such great hosts and hostess. They would walk around and ask everybody. And there were a lot of people there. They'd come up to all of us and say, you doing okay? Do you need anything? You know, and, and if they saw that we didn't have something to drink, next thing you know, we had another drink. You know, whether it was water or soda or uh, cerveza or whatever, champagne. Or you guys were doing shots. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, that was behind the scenes. <laughs> oh, whoops. No, it's okay. No, that was one of the rules about that venue that the guy was like, hey, everything is okay except for shots. But, oh. you know, everything is possible behind the scenes. As a matter of fact, uh, I had the opportunity to have, uh, like I say, I'm really close friends with Keiko. So Keiko, his family, uh, Cappy was there. Even Jack Gare was, you know, stunned about the mariachi, you know, and everything. You know, it was, it was a good time. Like I said, thank you for coming, Sharon. Uh, you you kind of saved the day for Jessica because I forgot cherries at home. <laughs> and you brought cherries. <laughs> so that it was, was great. so bizarre. That you was like... So we random that I would bring yes. the cherries and she looked at me, she goes, we forgot the cherries because they had this huge charcuterie board and she had intended to put cherries on it and I bring cherries. So go figure. That was good. Well, that was a good one. <laughs> that was like one of those. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Yeah. Anyhow, we should move on. Talk soccer. But thank you so much, Jorge, for, you know, having me um, at my, I think that's my first, well, besides when I've been in Mexico and, and attended fiestas, my first fiesta here in the u.s so thank you yeah well thank you jorge for your your colossal gratitude and i'm glad that you mentioned your father as well right i mean i know certainly for my father i'm super thankful for it because i wouldn't be doing this show if it wasn't for him because 
he's the one that got me into the sport and that's why um I'm as big of a fan as I am now, even though I think I'm a bigger fan now that, than he is. And so uh, I've gone like b- way beyond and all that. But I think we're just trying to uh, grow the sport even more <laughs> across the family here. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that there and that you invited Sharon to uh, a party. Uh, first of many, I'm sure that she's going to be able to experience and know what these parties are like. And hey, if you guys had the shots... Hey, you gotta have them, right? You can't have a Mexican party. And I'm not a drinker myself, but I don't think anyone can prohibit, especially uh, anyone like us Mexicans, right, from uh, <laughs> having any drink at all. Doesn't matter what it is. And it fits with mariachi too, so it goes along with it. <laughs> yeah, you need it. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, let's go ahead and uh, dive into this match. And Sharon Corke, I know both of you were there. I know Jared, you're watching a lot of it. I watched just parts of it, too, because I was over at my grandpa's and driving and all that. But I want to hear more about what your guys' thoughts were, because when we look at the stats, we see that we had 22 shots versus only five shots from Monterey. I know they scored their goal. I saw that goal, and it seemed like it was all us besides their goal that they scored, right? The typical match where opposition scores early, they park the bus, they don't really do that much, and then we just don't get lucky and we just don't shoot on target right so uh, just tell me guys you guys especially being there at the stadium what did you guys think i know jorge wants to say something but i will say that this was an exciting match there was a lot of build-up there was a lot of movement there we we looked very good on the ball i mean there was a lot to be thankful for um and excitement you know everybody was clicking the one thing and I don't know if Jorge is going to say this, but I really think that uh, Aldair is probably more of a starter. And then when you have Dami on the field, you have to have Keko on the field. There's a kinetic connection between the two of them. And when, you know, Dami came off and then Keko was left to play without, you know, it was just different. I, I honestly think Keko makes a huge difference with Dami together mind reading you know and making runs now we did not have luther in as a sub you know russell ciceroni generated a lot of momentum you could see that i mean on the big field i know television doesn't always show all of what is happening um jared he had the game of his life jorge i don't know if you saw that man play but jared last night had like the game of his life he was solid last night what did you think Okay. Yeah, I think you, I mean you hit the nail on the head. You know, it was it was a good game uh, overall. Like I'm, I'll be honest. You know, I'm looking at the stats and does not reflect the score like at all. Like if I was to see the stats without the score, I'm like this is like a three zero net three zero game. Um, and I think I talked to you. I believe in the stadium yesterday. I was like, I just don't know. Like, I mean, what happened? You know. I do want to mention something that I've been noticing uh, through, you know, now in the new soccer, you know, uh, formations. There's there's one zone. It's zone 14. That's what it's known for in the soccer terms, which is the top of the key in basketball, basically. It's the top of the box where you must have somebody. You have to have somebody. Uh, and, 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 and you'll see, I mean, Liz is going to go over uh, the, the video probably. And you'll see how, you know, their body language was like, oops, we missed it. And I can say, it, it's just 
the the game was, you know, we had our chances. I mean, 22 shots. I mean, I'm five on target. I mean, but, you know, that's how I was going to be like that. You're always going to have more shots uh, than shots on target. Uh, but, you know, possession 71% versus 29. Like, I just, I don't have much, you know, to say, like, what is it that they really need to do? They just need to finish up. That's all they have to do. Finish the place. Yeah. It's funny when you when you talk about framing the goal, you know, front post, rear post, and then the trailing attacker or the attacking midfielder. And then you have other people swarming in for knockdowns and rebounds. And it, you were right, Jorge. It looked like there were those minutes where it's like, crap, I was supposed to be in that one spot, you know, for this, uh, this or that. And we did see Connor Donovan stay high a few times because the play was almost all in front of Monterey's box. You know, we were up there. And so I think Connor Donovan was told to stay up, you know, to stay high um, in order to find those loose balls, you know, or those aerials, because we were taking the ball in um, in the air a lot, crossing the balls in the air, if you noticed. You know, everybody had their chance to get a ball across the, you know, front of the Monterey goal, but they broke our plays, you know, even before they parked the bus, they broke a lot of our plays. So there were broken plays. Monterey intercepted, um, you know, we talked about it in our chat. Monterey intercepted so many uh, of, of our passes, of our aerial balls, of our, you know, missed opportunities and they were able to do something with it to get themselves out of trouble. And that was troubling for me because it's like, where were we on those broken pieces? You know, was our passing in the zone 14, you know, the top of the box, the penalty, you know, the area, um, was our, was our passing just not crisp? Were they, were we passing to the wrong foot? Were we not communicating? Somebody had mentioned that it looks like the communication has changed with Lee Desmond on versus Shane. I don't know. Um, are we lacking a Roro chit chat? I know Luis Felipe is quiet. You know, it's as far as communications go. So who's carrying the verbal directions besides Keko when he gets on the field? So I I didn't hear any of that. And I don't know if any of you guys watching, like Luis or Jared, if you could hear from Adam or Rob what they were picking up with respect to on-field communication with knockdowns, rebounds, with framing the goal. Like Jorge mentioned, you know, zone 14, everybody needs to be in an area where they can retreat, you know, catch, catch, get the ball and possibly take a shot, you know, and not shoot it into the defender. So we had some, we had some chances though. We had some nice chances. Yeah. I, I, I agree with the point as far as uh, the TV feed doesn't give the whole story because from, from what I saw uh, on, on my mobile fo- phone, it just, Seemed like it wasn't the same Republic FC team that has enjoyed first place for the majority of the season so far. I mean, the finishing has kind of fallen off a little bit. I mean, hopefully it doesn't uh, resort to 2021 levels because Lord knows we don't need that happening again. But I mean, this is uh, definitely something to to work on, uh, especially with uh, San Antonio coming into town uh uh, next week. I mean, we've got to finish. I mean, the number of shots that we had versus Monterey, I mean, that is, that is a big discrepancy. Um, it's just showing that we are creating chances, yes, but 
really not putting a whole lot to close to the net or in the nets uh, compared to Monterey. They just need a couple shots and they got one in there. So it's, this is definitely uh, something to uh, have a discussion about as far as this week during uh, practice scrimmages and, and all that. Uh, but uh, this match, I mean, it was, I mean, I, I know I'm going to get, uh, get some heat for this, but this was, this match was not quite up to the usual Republic FC standard where we've been attacking from, from all angles, getting and getting goals in uh, either shutting out the opponents or keeping them down to one goal. I mean, technically we did keep them down to one goal, but we needed a goal as well, but that wasn't happening for us. So, I mean, the best we can do is just learn from this, you know, identify uh, better ways of finishing and then moving forward. Moving on to the officiating, I know a lot of people want to have us probably talk a little bit about the officials. Um, there were a lot of stoppages in play. I mean, there were over, I mean, roughly 30 fouls called. That's a lot of game stoppage. Um, granted, Monterey, I hate to say this, but Monterey was chippy first. Uh, not so much us. So, you know, whatever happened to them as far as getting calls called against them, I think was warranted because they were very, very chippy. They were pushing our players in the back. You know, our guys would go to retrieve the ball or they'd go to prevent it from going out of bounds and, and Mari Bay player would just literally shove them in the back with their hands and it wasn't called. But then we mm-hmm. breathed on, I don't want to grouse, but I'm grousing you guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyhow. So, eh. I promise I wouldn't get into the referee <laughs> situation, and I did. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I mean, it, it happens every week with USL referees. We know, we know there's a crisis, in my opinion. I know, just my thought on that, but that there's been just some strange calling, right? And no action really taken. But, again, this match, we should have won it. No blame on the referee as much because it was really on us again. But let's take a look at the goal that they score on us, too, in a play that... Man, I have to say, just they had bad luck, right? Because there's a couple of like different <laughs> um, chances, right? A couple of different passes. There's that like slight back heel touch to the guy who ends up being alone, right? Unmarked, ready to pull a shot. And we know Danny can do some amazing saves, but come on, you can't leave the guy alone, ready for him to take a shot because well, they're probably going to score. And that's he what was, happened. He was 12 yards out, not even, maybe only 10 yards out. He was so close. He was so close. But if you think about it, Dami lost him. Dami made the first mistake mm-hmm. by losing the ball and then not being able to track the defender that made the initial pass into the box to the guy that backheeled it, to the guy that was wide open, who shot. And, you know, Valensky, I think his last name is something like that. And, and now we don't like him, you know. So there you have it. Now, I've got to say, it was kind of close to, I mean, I know it hits his head, but man, it could have been so close to being a handball, right? In that goal, if you guys see the opportunity there where the guy ends up basically smacking his teammate in the head, right? <laughs> he wants to yeah. pass it, he smacks him in like on the side of the head, but it was so close to being close to that arm. And we would probably be here arguing that it was a handball. So it, it's just the way that luck came to them and they managed to get the goal from that play, right? And I think that's maybe what threw them off because he got lucky in that rebound that it ends up, he ends up using his teammate basically as a wall, right? Or I should say his teammate's head as a wall. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's it's valid, right? As long as it doesn't hit the hand and they could do that. And so, yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. That was all Dami there. And it's just a shame that we let this happen because we've gone through an entire season where we haven't seen errors like this. And it's getting a bit concerning, right? We've been seeing a couple of different errors happen over the past couple of weeks. And I know Shane yeah. Shane had one a couple of weeks ago, and then he hasn't really seen much of the pitch except for just coming on as a sub. But um, Dami's head went down. He knew what had happened. Uh, you could just see he was dejected. But then shortly thereafter, he was involved in more buildup play. So he shook it off. And that's what you have to do when you do when this happens is you just have to shake. You just have to shake it off. Yeah. Although so. at the same time, like I said, it it was kind of lucky on Monterey's part that it just happened to hit the guy in the, in the yeah. head. Just Unintentional. Yeah. yeah, the, it, what, the one player, yeah. It's one of those things that again rarely happens, but when it does, teams use it to their advantage, right? I mean, it's your same guy right there giving him a pass with the side of his head, and it works out perfectly. But I also say though that the guy who was there alone. He shouldn't have been there alone. They should have been marked, right? The guy who ends up scoring the goal. And that was uh, Jack side. So I think they should have been paying a little more, more attention. I know the rebound happened there, but lost his mark there, right? That was Jack's guy. I don't know. What, what did you guys think on, on that note? Because I don't think we should all just put the blame on Dami because the guy who ends up scoring is ultimately unmarked as well. I can uh, tell you that if you go back to the... Uh, if you freeze it right, right before that, um, you can see how the player, it's already by himself. So he's basically cruising through uh, midfield or almost getting to, the, like I said, zone 14 that I was telling you earlier. Uh, he was just cruising, and you know, by himself. And you can see how, you know, right there, like top of the left side, he's by himself already. He's just cruising, waiting for an opportunity. And whether there was a unlucky bounce or uh, unfortunately, you know, whatever the case might be, you know, that guy should never be just cruising on top of the key, you know, top of the box. So, and you can see how Jack is trying to, you know, but you also have Arnold uh, Lopez right there that, you know, there's, I, I just feel like expectations are high and, and, you know, whether you, uh, didn't know about this reflection or this thing, you have to expect that there's going to be someone there. And as a defender, you must uh, take that in account. You know, like, like I said, expect the ball, expect bounces, expect, you know, like I said, it's all the expectations, you know, and, and players know this, you know, at this level, um, that's what you get, you're getting paid for it. You know what I mean? And like I said, I know it's very easy to judge, you know, especially, you know, as a fan, but, you know, like I say, I'll come down is to uh, expectations. You know, we're expecting these guys to kind of know what their role is and know where you're supposed to be. When Because you have to go, you have to move based where the ball is. So if you know the ball is on the right side of the field, you know you have to maybe uh, cover the weak side. In this case, the weak side is wide open. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Yeah, it's uh, just an unfortunate set of situations. I mean, Christian Valeski has been uh, a big uh factor for Monterey Bay this season uh, and unfortunately we he, he just outmaneuvered us uh, even Dami recognized that hey I, I should have been there but uh, he went too fast for it for me and I paid the price you know kind of deal but um, yeah I mean it's just rather unfortunate that uh, 
with the formation that that was going through. I mean, we're seeing the two on one side and just outnumbering uh, Republic FC on that on that side. And they saw the opportunity. They saw Valeski open, and he just taps it in. So there's unfortunately not a whole lot that to, to really could have been done about about that. That so um, we just have to recognize, you know, what went wrong. Try to work on it and regroup and play for the for the remaining. Uh, 70 some odd minutes uh, left remaining in the match. <laughs> well, and what's funny is Luis Urbano asked us, you know, what we thought all of us, and he knows what he thinks because he thought that initially, you know, there was a lucky bounce in there. But Jorge, again, he brings up a really important point, and that is, you know, that that zone that needs to be marked. And there was a little bit of a breakdown. We didn't see the urgency in any of our midfielders or defenders to get back quickly. Um, when the turnover occurred, you saw uh, Luis Felipe walking, Arnold was watching. And, you know, so there was, there was the only one who was actually running, like, oh, my goodness, something bad is happening here was Jack Gurr. But of course, he was way too far away to make a difference. Arnold could have made a difference. Arnold was the same distance away from the traveling ball, or from the player that made the original backheel pass, so to speak, he was the same distance away as the attacker that scored the goal. He was the same distance away. So he, if he was on a dead run to help, you know, essentially when, when you're going to be putting your goalie in a weird situation like that, the first thing you have to do is you, you have to cover the box or Hey said it already. You, you have to get back and cover the box. You have to also protect your keeper. And, you know, it's kind of like, they're going to learn. Coach gave a very inspirational speech after the match. We all heard it. It was on social media. I think we all commented that, you know, okay, so he's going, he has his work cut out for him to himself, chill, not take any of this personally. Guys can't take any of this personally, but this is that step forward in, in the learning process of seeing different things. And Monterey saw something. They took advantage of it. We didn't see it. Quick, quick enough to be able to recover from it. So we should just move on and talk about the next play or whatever. But that essentially was the game right there. Besides the subs that we did, that one goal was the match, if you think about it. Yeah, that was basically it, right? I mean, the goal happened. We had our shot opportunities. We had a crossbar, right, among the, some of them there. I believe also Monterey had one, if I'm not mistaken, as well, right? So it kind of went both ways. And Danny B had an awesome stop there towards the end of the match, too. So, you know, he he stepped up for that as well. But, yeah, I think it was just one of those games where, again, you end up losing early on in the match. You can't recover from it. You keep shooting <laughs> and you just don't score, right? And we've had some matches like that in our history. And it's frustrating. And I'm sure, Sharon, just and I've been there with you guys there in those games where you just don't see the ball going in and you just feel like it's just never going to be scored at all. Right. It's just one of those games where they tried, <laughs> they shot and it's more like, you know what, let's just look forward to the next match because psychologically we're just not there because this just hit us tough. Right. I mean, it was a tough thing to go through when you're at home and you get this goal scored on you. You just feel like, you know, are we ever going to score if we have so many shots and you can't, you know, put that many on target? Because like I mentioned earlier, 22 shots, five on target. It, it, you know, you get to a point where it's just like frustration 
at its best, right? Like, what's going on? Why can't we shoot on target? And I always say this, it's a psychological thing that if you don't shoot on target and you've had so many shots, you just won't never shoot on target, at least for that match, because you have it in your head that, let me see if I could actually shoot, score, and that's exactly what happens, right? Just like vice versa, when you're winning, it seems like every shot is going on target and you might be getting goals upon goals or you might see the opposition goalkeeper just doing stops upon stops. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Sharon, but I think it's all psychological in my opinion. It's funny because you could hear, and Jorge was there, he can attest to this, you could hear the, the, the crowd cheering when Danny would make a save or cheering when we would recover a ball in our defensive end and turn, you know, and start the play all over again. And then the groans for when we missed our shots for when the ball, you know, would cross the face of the goal in front of Monterey and there was nobody there to finish it or the finishing wasn't quite right. Or we, you know, the cheer when we would get a corner and the groan when we made nothing of it, you know, you could hear the whole stadium cheering and groaning at the same time. Right. Jorge, wasn't there a lot of like, you could hear all of Ralph, I mean, you mentioned right now corners. You guys know how many corners we got? We got 11 corners. All of them. It's like 11 corners. Just like, how many chances do you guys need? <laughs> but like I say, it, 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 either you lose your win, you know, and honestly, even if they would have tied, in my mind, to me, would it be one of those games where uh, it's a loss, you know, because you have your chances, you know, you know how there's sometimes where you tie and it feels like you win, but this was going to be the case. I felt like they, they just missed so many chances, you know, and, and the, the amount of talent that we have, you know, it's it just, like I say, I just have very high expectations, you know, and I like to, you know, keep it that way because I know they can do it and they've been doing it for, uh, throughout the season, you know, um, they don't have to worry about cup games, you know, since like two weeks ago now. So it's one of those things where we, we just set expectations, you know, and we're expecting these guys to, you know, bottle day in, day out. So, but I know it's, I know they're going to bounce back, you know, and I know they will, um, you know, they're going to bounce back and they're going to take care of business next game. So. And speaking of next game, and I know we're all like, we, we, nobody likes San Antonio right now. We don't like anybody. I mean, I was always fearful of Monterey Bay, and sure enough, my fears were warranted. Remember, you guys, at every single game when we talk about standings, I'm that little voice that says, I'm afraid of Monterey Bay. I'm afraid of them. Because it's Frankie Yallop, for freak's sake. You know, he knows what he's doing. Anywho, um, we have San Antonio next weekend, and I'm afraid of them. Again, you know, so we, we have to get our poop in a pile in order to take it to San Antonio the way we know we can. Yeah, we definitely need to because uh, we know that we always have tough matches against them. And usually they tend to be more like equal games, right? We either tie, we win by one, we lose by one. It's never anything like too bad, bad. But the way our run is going currently, I mean, we have to make sure that (laughs) that doesn't get changed, right? And that if it gets changed, it's because we're the ones who are like scoring more uh, than they are, but San Antonio in the last couple matches, they've been coming through with, with ties, right? Their last loss came against Detroit over in Detroit. 1-0 was the score. That was back in May 20th, so almost a month in which they haven't uh, lost because they beat New Mexico 2-1. Then they had three consecutive ties, 3-3 against San Diego, 
2-2 against El Paso, and then 2-2 against San Diego once again, right? They had two games uh, similar to how Oakland and uh, Phoenix are seeing each other in like two weeks. They also saw each other in two weeks, another tie there. Um, but matches amongst teams that were up there in the table and one more, right? When they play against us next Saturday at 8 p.m. at Oracle Park there. But we have a lot on the line in that match, right? More than just us wanting to beat San Antonio. Like we always say, you know, we want to beat them because the standings aren't looking as great as they were for the whole entire season, right? Where we were always looking forward to this because El Paso actually just uh, got ahead of us. 30 points is what they have. We have 29 points, one point behind them. We're all caught up in games played right there amongst the top five here on the table. But San Antonio has got 25 points and they are in third place right now. So lots of play because if they beat us, they're only one point away. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you for one second. We're going to say goodnight to Jorge. We really appreciate him getting on. Um, uh, we're recording this at late at night. It's around 9.15 on a Sunday night, and he's going to go put his kids to bed. So I'll, I'll goodnight, Jorge. Thank you so much for jumping on. If you guys want to say goodnight to Jorge, this is the time. Thank you. Thank you, all three of you. You know, um, like I said, I really enjoy this, and I'm looking forward for, for more, uh, like I said, anytime. Uh, and we'll see you. Uh, hopefully, you know, I get to go on Saturday. I like to plan last minute, so I like to be spontaneous. Thank you, Luis. Thank you, Jerry. You know, like I say, uh, I do got to put my kiddos to bed. So <laughs> it was like I say, it was, I'm very thankful. Right, well, we, appreciate, we appreciate you coming by. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Thank you, Jorge. Appreciate it. Good night. Good night. So moving down in the table there, Monterey Bay is now in fourth place. We allowed them to get there. This was another one of those matches where we had to make sure that we didn't give any points to them because they were going to start to creep up and <laughs> not be that far from us. And now they are just six points away from us. San Diego is in the same situation, just six points away. Oakland Roots, they still have one more game to catch up to us in games played. And if they win that match, they're only going to be four points away from us there. But currently they're sitting at 22 points. Colorado Republic is at 22 points as well. Same games as we do. And Phoenix Rising there in the last playoff spot with uh, one game in hand from us, 18 points. Should they win their game, they could just be eight points away from us. So we got to make sure that we get our ducks together because if we don't, all these teams are going to start to uh, get ahead of us here or get really close to us here as we can already see that they are on their way uh, to do so. So Got to make sure that we correct things, right? This is no time to <laughs> fall asleep because before you know it, you could be down there uh, next to Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, I cannot stress this enough. I mean, this Saturday's game is going to be one of the big ones. I mean, it's, it's already bad, bad enough with the rivalry we've got going with San Antonio, especially with earlier this season. But like you mentioned earlier, we lose this one and they just fall within one point behind us. And we, we cannot afford that. We need to get the winds rolling in again like like we have been uh, for the majority of, of this uh, uh, season. I mean, a draw would be nice, but we really need the three points, especially to get above uh, El Paso. Granted, we have a, a game advantage over El Paso, but, you know, by the time we play El Paso again, I mean, we we could be close to dire straits as far as maybe even the top four. We don't know. I mean, we, we have to... You know, focus on bringing home the three points at, at home and and on the road. 
So it's really in, in our hands at this point. And there's something else that we need to mention too, right? Because when we look at the criteria for tiebreakers, it's not goal differential first, like it is maybe in other parts of the world, maybe other leagues out there. There's actually head-to-head competition too, right? So in these critical matches against these top teams, should we tie, we got to make sure that we win the overall head-to-head right there, right? And with El Paso, sure, we won the first one. We need to make sure we win the second one. And the event, again, that we are tied with them in points and we do play against them more towards the end of the season. But against San Antonio, it's going to be important because we may tie in points at the end of the season. And you don't want to be the one that, you know, gets to be one spot below or maybe misses out on hosting that first playoff game just because you couldn't beat them in that head-to-head, right? Or because you lost 1-0 and that's what ended up screwing you uh, for the playoff time. So that's something that we need to keep a good note on and make sure that we look at the results here more closer to the end of the season to see how that's looking like. I just look at the table and I look at the commanding lead we, we had, and I'm trusting Mark Briggs to bring it back together and, you know, put us back at the top of the table because like Jorge said, he has high expectations. These players know what they're doing. They're very good. And, you know, it's it, Mark needs to set the formation, you know, Mark needs to uh, set the strategy and the tactics and remind the players that they need to move. You know, it, there was, there was, okay. So like my sister was asking in this last game, why are we, why are we spread out too much? It was like, well, we spread ourselves out hoping that Monterey would spread their defense out a little bit to kind of, take take advantage of of us and the minute you spread and so it's like was mark telling them one thing or another you know was where was the conversation to you know step up the d to get closer to our attackers so that you know so those are the little things that they're going to be working on all week is strategies and tactics and you know studying tape that san antonio i mean three ties in a row uh, so you, you've got to be aware of the weaknesses that San Antonio have. They could be scored on and we would be just the team to do it. Right. Obviously everybody else has been scoring on them. So why not us? So anyhow, I just get, yeah, we all get nervous, all three of us. And we, we get a little anxious when we see the slippage because like Luis just said, it could happen fast. And like Jared said, it can happen fast. You sleep two games, and the next thing you know, you're down in seventh place. Seriously, because that's how tight our table is. Yeah, especially with San Antonio, uh, like we've seen with the scores, they've got three draws in a row. They're going to be they're going to be aggravated. They are going to look for any reason to to, to strike. I mean, to to get as many goals as possible to secure a win because they do not want to draw, and they certainly don't want to lose. So we've we've really got to anticipate their, their, uh, their angst uh, level, which is going to be significantly high. I mean, we, we've got to respond to that the, the way we can maybe use it against them, but yeah, San Antonio is not going to go into this very lightly. They are hungry. Yeah. And let's also remember they only have two losses, right? Just like we do in the entire season. So, you know, there's a team that has seven ties leading the way here, uh, with having that amount, I think, and uh, or they're tied with the RGV there for most ties, but still, I mean, 
they're not an easy team to beat, right? So like you said, a tie might be what might be happening just because they've had so many of them here. But uh, we need to make sure we don't lose because that could worsen our uh, streak, right? And what we have going on. And it, it could put a damper on our uh, playoff chances later on in the year and uh, on maybe ha- missing on the tiebreaker against San Antonio. Lots can happen right there. And I hate my predictions. Oh, well, let's go ahead and get right to that because uh, I am kind of curious to know what uh, all of y'all's predictions will be for that match. And also so we could take a look at the standings on the competition as well. Now that we looked at USL standings, but if we take a look at this uh, past game against uh, Monterey Bay, we all said that we would get the win, right? We were at home. I think we were really positive about that too. I mean, I didn't even put a tie up there like I have in the past but of course no win happened no goals happened so no goals scored or anything and I was the only one that had faith that the referee would actually be pulling the first yellow card on Monterey and what do we always say right I mean this could go either way but whenever we all say that different teams are going to get a first yellow card someone's going to get a point from that right that's uh, been our uh, usual point getter right unless we all agree on (laughs) on everyone uh, getting the same yellow card. But I think throughout the entire season, with the exception here of early on in the season, we had like two games in which we actually all agreed on the first yellow card team. Uh, it typically doesn't happen, right? Anyhow, so, what Luis is getting at is he got a point and <laughs> he's ahead of me. So that's the short end of the story. Gosh darn you. So That's I what have, he was trying yeah. to get to. He was trying to get to the part where he gets to gloat because now he's in the lead. He was being really nice and sugarcoating every little bit of the conversation there. But no, he really just wants to gloat. The, the man is squeezing it out like a tube of toothpaste. He's just trying to squeeze out as much as he can. Ugh. And he's just putting me in pain. That's what he was doing. I swear to goodness, you were just making me squirm and have to listen to you say that you got a point in the most roundabout way. Thanks, Luis. Now, Sharon, you must have been shouting at the ref, right? When the Monterey Bay player got the yellow card. Like I did. <laughs> and, then, and then I was freaking out about, we need Dommy to score. We need, and he came so close like two or three times to score and it's like damn it Dommy you need to score because I have my money not money but I had my bet on you Dommy to be the first goal scorer for our squad and then they left me high and dry Arnold almost had a chance to score Luis Felipe almost had a chance to score but it was I was like come on Dommy rescue me and then because I had a 3-1 scoreline, even when they got their goal, I was like a little bit smug and it's like, oh, no problem. We can get three goals and then I can win the scoreline. It's like, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Sac Republic. <laughs> <laughs> you gave Luis, Luis Urbano a point. God, Dodie. Yeah, but hey, if we would have actually gotten a goal scored, you or Jared could have been you know, having pretty good chances. And with the amount of shots that we had, I was thinking one of you two would have gotten a point. Like when they scored on us, I was like, ooh, I better get a point through the yellow card side because otherwise I'm <laughs> I'm done for. You know, I guess even if Lisa Lipe gets the first goal, but still, right, yeah. I was still like, eh, if uh, they, they scored the goal, I can't get a point through that avenue. So uh, that's all that went on. But yeah, so I have 12 points, Sharon has 11. Jared has 10 points. Um, still close. It's close. 
Our table is yeah. very, very tight. Any match, one of us could overtake the other. So we're just like the USO Championship Western Conference. It's tight at the top. <laughs> this has been more competitive this year than it has been last year. I was pretty much at the bottom of the barrel with no hope of even you were getting Las the Vegas. second. You were Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, except without the 100-ounce yardie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, no, that's good, Jared. I'm glad that that's the case. But uh, I think in this second half of the season, because we're almost halfway there, basically, uh, we're not too far from the halfway point. Uh, you guys might have to be more strategic with those yellow cards and who gets it. Because we've seen it throughout the season. Yellow cards have awarded plenty of points and it could really fall down to who gets the most yellow cards. <laughs> correctly throughout the season that's who won it could end up being that so uh those reps i'm telling you they're not just hurting us on the pitch but off the pitch too <laughs> so uh more the All reason right. to complain about them right but uh let's go ahead and, and take a look at the next match then against san antonio and i believe sharon jared went first last so uh yeah I, it's I think my you turn should to go first, first and I, I already have my stuff so I'm going to, I'm actually with a two, two. I was going to change it thinking that I can be confident, but no, I'm going to tie. We're in a tie two, two. And our, the first goal scored by us is going to be Jacker. And if he is not playing or doesn't see the pitch, then I'll put Russell as my backup. And the first yellow is San Antonio because I think they're going to get hot, like hot hit. Okay. Well, I'll go next, and Jared went first last, and I think it's also going to be a tie, but I say a 1-1 tie. First goal scorer, I'm going to actually go with Gecko, and if he doesn't see the pitch, then I would actually go with Russell. And then first yellow card, I'm going to say that we get the first yellow card this time. Jared? Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to say 1-1 draw. I mean, I, I would love for us to win, but I'm going to say a one-one draw. Uh, I'm going to go with Seba scoring the first, uh, scoring the goal. If for some reason, if he's not available, I'm going to go with. Uh, oh no, I, I can't go. I can't go Luther because I believe he's still on international duty. Which, by the way, he scored a goal in the five-zero win in, in his match. So second uh, choice, I am going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with Arnold. I'll go with Arnold. And then yellow card. I I want to say San Antonio for the first yellow, but I just know we're going to get called for it. So Republic FC for the first yellow. Well, we've got all different things going on, except for the score line where Jared and Luis picked the same score line. So um, Damn, first yellow card too. So I'm like different. I stepped away and I'm different than you guys. Yeah. It's a risky move, yeah. Either me or Jared could be for a second, or you could move ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. This could kill me, or this could. Well, it's just a contest, but we're all very competitive. Okay, so moving on. Uh, there were other things that happened over the last week that have been kind of special. Uh, so we move into the other matches that have been played like california storm just like spanking the whole entire competition no matter yeah yeah let, let's move into that too let's talk about cal storm right because uh yesterday and 
we saw him have a spanking before, right? And I'd even joked, I was like, darn, they should have scored 10 goals, right? That way we can use both of our hands to say how many goals they scored. <laughs> and uh, this they- time it happened, courtesy of uh, Olympic Club, which, uh, yeah, I-, I-, I feel bad for them. <laughs> Next, next match, next match, uh, the storm are going to make it a, a, how can I put it this way? They're going to make it a, this is spinal tap match because they're going to take it up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and they play so many matches during the week. Like had, they had a different league game on Wednesday and I went to that one where the final score was five zero. Um, yeah. And that they played against uh, Davis FC, the Lions, uh, whatever they're called. I think that's mm-hmm. who they were. And yep. one minor glaze of gratitude goes out to Rebecca Lowe um, and her family and Paul Buckle. They, I, I had some stuff to give them, some things that I, Terry Nishaw, Wilson Nishaw's dad is an artist. And I had, you know, I'd given people different things from, you know, getting ordering stuff so i like coffee mugs for crystal palace and you know bremerton and um the lionesses and then some other little things and i gave her a sack of goodies that night when she was there because she was receiving an honor and in turn she sent me a little bouquet of flowers it was so gorgeous well it wasn't little it was decent sized bouquet of flowers to say thank you and it's like that is the kindness that's the kindest thing i wasn't I worked for Paul Buckle. I love Paul and Rebecca, you know, and they're such a good family and their kids are great kids. And so there's a connection there, but then it's just so sweet. So that was my last goal, laws of gratitude. Okay, moving on to score lines. So that was a 5-0 win the night that I went, freezing cold um, that night. It was so cold. And then they turn around two days later, Friday night, and they trounce the Olympic club and it's just, they're just nuts. They're crazy winning. Yeah. And they have two teams too, right? And that's what I find the most impressive, right? They have two amazing teams. Forget B squads or anything. They have two A squads <laughs> in one team too. A, a lot of teams like, quote unquote, Pleasanton Rage would probably wish that <laughs> they had a B squad at least, right? But we know the things that they've kind of gone through themselves as well. But yeah, quite amazing things that they they're doing there. And just now, I believe they have a game that is uh, probably already finished at this point here uh, in the WPSL against La Morinda, which uh, I've been trying to find the score for that. It looks like it hasn't been published yet, but that's what they have going on. But upcoming matches, June 21st is Wednesday. They play against Napa Valley in the WPSL. That game starts at 5. And then the same day, but for USLW, after that game at 7 p.m., they play against Marin. So two for one, another one of those days for both their teams playing uh, one day there. And then on Saturday, they travel to San Francisco. Actually, I should say on the weekend, they both travel to San Francisco or both of their teams do because in WPSL on Saturday, they play against San Francisco Elite. And then on Sunday, they play against San Francisco Glens, which that is going to be a good match. I'm glad it's not going to be on Saturday so it doesn't collide with the Sac Republic game because the Glens are first place. They haven't lost a match yet. So we're in for quite a match right there. Yeah, that is going to be a heavyweight match right right there. I mean, just like you said, the Glens have yet to lose. The Storm have been scoring at, at will left and right. So that is probably going to be the match uh, of the season, at least for the 
NorCal division. I mean, it it may be a, a spotlight match for the league in itself. So that's definitely going to be the one, the one to hunker down, get, get some uh, pregame snacks, just you know, watch and just see these two uh, heavyweights slug it out. Yeah, and they both have 32 goals scored, like literally the same amount of goals scored there after the, uh, the, the many goals that Storm has scored there. But the Storm is now in second place. They are tied with Oakland Soul, who also has 18 points, but they are uh, above them right now. And then Stockton Cargo is in fourth place. Uh, one more match than the top three there played, 15 points there. But looking specifically at Stockton Cargo, their next matches uh, next Saturday on the 24th, they are going to be playing against Pleasanton which Planton, again, is sitting in seventh place. So it should, quote-unquote, be an easy match, right? But we'll see, right? Because anything can happen. But So that's going to be happening there. And then on Wednesday, we're going to get another edition of the 209 Classico in which uh, Cargo is now going to be traveling over to Sherlock to play against Academica. And on the Academica women's side, they are in last place right now in USLW. Four points, just uh, one below Pleasanton Rage there. And their upcoming match is actually against Pleasanton Rage this Wednesday on the 21st. So it's going to be a match to decide who's going to be in last place, who's going to stay there for uh, another week. And then yesterday, they actually did play against uh, Marin. They tied 3-3. Marin is in in sixth place with five points. So that was another match in which they had an opportunity to get at a last place, but we know it's been tough for them. They did get their first win a, a few weeks back, so at least they do have that, and it's not as you know worse as it could be if you hadn't gotten your first win, but it is their first season in the league, so it's understandable, right, to kind of go through that um, in this first season there. But looking on USL 1, Fuego has not been doing good. We know that they hosted their last two matches, and we had hoped that they would continue to move on to playoff territory, but they lost against Greenville 1-0. And then their previous loss before that was a 2-1 loss against Richmond Kickers. And they are back to last place. Uh, you know, it's just what happens, right? You lost two games. You're back there. And then next Saturday, they are going to be traveling to Northern Colorado to play against the Hailstorm. So one more travel over to Hailstorm territory and... Best of luck to them. Hopefully they're able to get a win. But yeah, they've had a, a rough couple of last weeks and it's looking a bit challenging for them. And I hope that they're able to change things around. But it just has not been a, a good season for uh, the squad there. I was trying to find the results of the um, the academy. You know, they're down in, in Texas right now um, playing in the MLS next uh tournament and i couldn't find the results no matter where i looked even on their own uh social media page so we'll have to give an update next time about what's going on uh with the academy but you know our under 17s are doing incredible okay hey that's good they they tend to do pretty good and you know what i mean that's that's our future right there and we've had some really great talented academy players come through and some of them that actually make it to a team and others that just kind of bypass the team and just move on uh, to uh, other teams there. I also want to take a look at USL League 2 with Academica. They are in fourth place out of the seven uh, team league there in the NorCal division. 
They have eight matches played, 10 points is what they have. Three games won, one tie, uh, four losses. So about, uh, I'd say about halfway there in the table. But uh, other teams do have some games in hand there. So there is that going on for them. But uh, they've also been struggling a little, but it's also their first season, as we all know, in uh, USL League 2. But yesterday they did pull the win against Marine Legends 2-0. And then before that, they went down to San Francisco City and beat them 3-1. So this is a team that is having a bounce back, right? They have four more games remaining here in their season. But it's really good for them to be bouncing back here in the later part of the season, especially with the two games at home. Because their next game is going to be on June 30th on Friday. They're hosting Monterey Bay 2. And then... For July 3rd, they travel down to Monterey Bay there. So we wish them the best of luck as well, right? Hopefully they're able to get as many points as they're able to. But, um, you know, it's been a tough beginning of the season for them. But again, I think when any team is going through their first season, it's always an adjustment, right? You're playing against teams that have been there already, right? A lot of these League 2 teams, they've been playing there. So I think you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. But uh, as always, we're keeping track of our Central Valley teams, and we encourage everyone to go support them. And if you're able to go watch a game, please uh, do so, because there's always a game going on each weekend, no matter where you're at from Sherlock to Sacramento. So uh, that's the great advantage that we have here living in the Central Valley. And I know right before we actually uh, started recording, we just saw the U.S. beat Canada 2-0. Previously, before that, they beat Mexico 3-0. So Quite a showing by the national team. And I did actually want to uh, mention something since Sharon, you shared that, you know, one of our top goalkeepers next to Danny uh, was there in attendance, right? Could you tell us more about his appearance there, Josh Cohen? Well, so I didn't even know he was going to be there. And it was a total shocker for me as I stand up to, I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was going to go down and get a bite to eat or who knows. All of a sudden, I noticed somebody like catching my eye up on the stage area and it was Josh and he's like totally waving. And cause he, he and I have a connection from when I used to work for the club and, and after I worked for the club and he's, there he is with his wife and it was so incredible. And he's in town. He had intended to try to get to one of the games. And this was the one that he could make when he knew he wasn't going to have be called up back to um, uh, uh, Maccabi Haifa at, because that any day now he could be called back to you know back to preseason training. So he was like, you know, figuring out if he had time. And so this was his opportunity to come see Sac Republic. And he got in touch with um uh Todd Donovan and you know said he was gonna be in town and Todd, you know, gave him some tickets. But Todd was really busy yesterday. There was with the beer fest and the match and you know, all that stuff going on. But I'm sure they had a chance to get caught up. But everybody was just like all over. When they realized he was there, um, he was like one of the more uh, popular people. The the social media folks, you know, the, were able to catch a few snaps of him. But I had a chance to chat with him a little bit about his call up um, to train. He wasn't called up to be on the in the lineup at all for any of these competitions, but he was called into tra- training camp with the U.S. men's national team just because they needed bodies, right? You know, uh, Sac Republic has done that in the past. They brought in really good quality keepers, even though they have no intention of 
signing them, but they come and they let them train as a guest. Well, Joss is at a different level. I mean, he's, you know, he's played in the uh, Champions League with his team because they won their division. So anywho, um, his league team won their division. So I asked him about Matt Turner, you know, and it's like, and he said, Matt's the greatest guy. And he, so he had a chance to, you know, train alongside Matt Turner and, you know, all of the guys. And he said it was just a really great experience. And his takeaway was, I've been seen, at least they've seen me now. And it was like, he could be, who knows, called into camp, who knows what his, you know, he may be back here in the U.S. playing. Just everything always leads to the next thing. You don't know. And he doesn't know, you know, he's just waiting to get called back for preseason training for, you know, his squad over there in Israel. But it was just delightful to see him, meet his wife, chat with him, reminisce. And I, you know, I was telling stories about um, uh, a function that I threw at my house here where Josh doesn't drink or he doesn't drink much. I don't think he drinks at all, really. Um, And he was the same person at a gathering I had at my house when it was needed. We needed somebody who had sanity and who was not drinking. And he pulled through. There's more to the story. I've told you guys this one, I think, offline. Um, But his wife just chuckled and she goes, that sounds like Josh. You know, that sounds, that's so, that's so much like Josh, kind of like the responsible parental unit of, of a squad or of a group, but he does it with such like, there's no judgment. He absolutely just giggles. He laughs. He delights in the way that humans are. And I don't know if that's just because he's got such a calm brain. He really does. If you think about it, probably one of the calmest people inside that I've ever met. He might not be, you know, when it comes, you know, to game day, might get a little bit anxious or nervous, but he never shows it. He never shows it on the outside. He just seems to be genuinely a happy person. So, and that's all I saw last night when I, when I was able to see him and chat with him for a little bit. So that was it. And then I went off and watched the game and screamed at the referees. So there you go. And that, that's awesome. He was at the match uh, last night. I mean, I know a lot of us fans uh, still miss him, but it, with him busy winning matches, being the star in, in UEFA that, that he's uh, growing to be. And who knows, maybe we might see him stateside again with the club or, or who knows, but I know that the talent is there and he's just, you know, sharpening the, the ax even further. So definitely glad to see him continue to do great things. And, and I think it started with us and a little bit of Phoenix, but uh, but we were a good factor in it. So I, I just hope we get to see him again uh, fairly soon. Yeah, we did talk about jersey colors, you know, because Danny seems to do his best in his big bird yellow jersey. <laughs> you know, the, the outfits that we talked a little bit about, you know, superstitious uh, jersey oh, yeah. colors. And he kind of nodded in agreement that, you know, there are they do try to tell their kit man you know, Hey, I really want to be in this, in this kit because it's like my lucky kit. And remember when Danny broke the red kit curse, uh, he Mm. wore that red kit and it was like, ah, and then it didn't, you know, we were like, you can't ever wear the red kit again. And then he wore it again and he was fine. He had a shutout. So (laughs) a clean sheet. So anyhow, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Danny's, uh, you know, his favorite kit and, you know, all the different weird colors that the keepers wear, like pink, just to be different. 
So it was fun. Yeah, I'm glad that you had a chance to see him. I mean, he's really nice guy. We had the chance to interview him right early on in this podcast. And if anyone wants to go listen to that, it's like, I forgot what episode number. It's like in the first top, like 30 episodes that we recorded. And I think today it's still like one of our top listened to episodes because we had people from like all over Europe listening to that episode and leaving us comments, right? I still remember when there was a lot of uh, comments in Israeli that I had to like translate and use Google Translate, figure out what are they saying? Is it a good thing? or <laughs> What is it that, that they're it. mentioning? And it, it was great things. And I'm sure eventually we'll have him back on because they'll have a lot more stories to tell us, right? Especially his adventure in the Champions League and what that was like. And even more into detail on this like camp experience, which I'm really glad that the national team finally took a look at him, right? Because, I mean, let's be honest, how many U.S. goalkeepers are playing in Champions League, right? Like, not that many. <laughs> so it, it was almost like unfair that they didn't even give him a chance earlier to at least be training there with the squad. So I'm glad they finally realized like, hey, we got a goalkeeper there and he's in like one of the top Israel teams. Let's give him a, right. a chance. So Tony Miola, uh, Nick Romano and Tim Howard, Tim Howard's a little taller, but they were not tall goalkeepers and yet they played for the U.S. men's national team. And, jo uh, you know, Josh Cohen, he's not as tall as, you know, Matt, Turner and Ethan Horvath and you know some of the other guys that are out there for our our keeper selection but at the end of the day he's probably got just the same amount of chops and much more experience you know because he has played in Champions League so I don't know I mean it's I, I would I wouldn't count him out seriously because if 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 they if the US men's national team takes a look back at some of their like really good keepers they had look at the look at the guys mm. a couple of them weren't super tall so i but you know josh is what six two six one six two yeah. right in there yeah so probably about the same height as me yeah oh yeah. well are you saying you could be a goalkeeper too you could be the oh, next wait. national team goalkeeper <laughs> the the age might be up there i don't know goalkeepers oh, play at, at an older age yeah, but then again, you, you see me play at foosball last Saturday. You saw how, how terrible I was. Yeah, I still think I should have gotten bonus points, although I'm sure Sharon <laughs> wouldn't have agreed with that. Oh, no. She, 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 I'm hard. She'd be giving, she would have been giving you more of a death stare than she was earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would have been getting the middle finger a lot. So, yeah, I, I thought it was bad at the beginning of the of the show. I was not happy with. The fact that Jorge gave Luis Romano points when he was his proxy, but so yeah. Yeah, he gave me points. I remember it was going to be someone else that was going to give me their predictions. He was like a last minute replacement because we had to give a prediction for myself. And I was like, who could do it, right? And and Tina had already predicted for you, so she right. wasn't an option anymore. <laughs> so, no, yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, speaking of the uh, foosball experience, uh, we should talk. Uh, uh, I know we're running out of time here a little bit, but we should at least uh, quickly cover how the uh, match at Phoenix uh, was against uh, the Roots that uh, Luis and I went to. Yeah, well, some of the things that I wanted to mention that they do that we don't see at Harkel Park. First things first, putting your name on a jersey. We know everyone would love to do so, right? And the neat thing they have there is that they actually have the 
printer press right there where they could actually put it, your name on the jersey on the spot in their team store. And also, if you want to have a player name, they actually sell it for $15. They also have custom names, $25, same thing as our custom name price. But I do like that they give you a little discount if you choose to actually represent an actual player <laughs> versus yourself. And I think that doing that just encourages more fans to you know, put one of their favorite players' names on the jersey. I know we'd be seeing a ton of Ciceroni jerseys if we had that at Harkel Park. And it just makes it much quicker for someone to get their name on a jersey and to also decide to get it there on the spot. Because I think I'm sure a lot of listeners, including myself here, right? You hear $25, you're like, oof, that's a little bit out there, right? To spend on just like, you know, some sticker on, you know, your uh, jersey and, and whatnot. But if you're there at the stadium and you're able to get it there on the spot, I think you don't really think too much about the price. You just think like, hey, they got it. I want it too. How much is it? 25? Okay, you know what? I'll, I'll just get it. They're doing it there on the spot. So I think if the team had that option there, yeah. we could probably be making a lot more. I mean, they could be making a lot more, not us, but uh, they could be having more jerseys out in the stands with actual player names because it'd just be 15 bucks for that. So just one say- suggestion. The, the heat press, to run a heat press, the voltage or the amps that are needed for heat press, you know, be like, okay, well, which plug can I use out here at Cal Expo out in this weird area, you know, with all the, it's weird because they're, they're working out of those box uh, cargo ship containers. Oh. And it's like, okay, so where's the electric? So, and then, yeah, so it would be, it would be very interesting if they did do that you know logistically they'd have to figure it out but yeah it's it's interesting we're just i can't wait for us to be in our own stadium we will have all those things Mm -hmm. in our own stadium you know we will because there's going to be a concourse it's going to be indoors you know the uh internal concourse it's going to be it's going to be so much better it's Mm -hmm. eh, it but we're in a rental you know a rental area that we don't Mm -hmm. own and so everything has to go through whatever ovations, something company, they change their names every three years. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to launder money, but um, I'm, I'm kidding. That was a joke, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, so everything has to go through them and, you know, they're the ones that run the, all the stuff over there at Cal Expo. And it's just, I don't know, who knows, you know, maybe we can get that kind of stuff going. Um, I was just joined by a giant this this thing this thing just joined the podcast the podcast cat always making an appearance here but i also think in addition to the the key press just overall the store experience seems like it was better than our store experience over there in the way that you don't actually have to ask them to get you stuff they actually have the t-shirts they have the scarves everything's out in place right there right so if you want to see it before you don't have to be, you know, waiting up in line while everyone's staring at you behind the line, right? Being like, all right, can you hurry up? Can you stop looking at the merchandise so much? So I do like that aspect of it too, that they have that, that you get those options uh, there. As well as like Jared was mentioning, they had a foosball table. They had a mini foosball table, which was in like a um, alcoholic beverage sponsored area of sorts there. And then just a lot yeah. of different food options and all that. and kind of spread out around the stadium. Yeah, they had uh, quite a number of uh, food options, both a food truck and a vendor. 
Uh, probably the most expensive thing I saw there was a lobster roll for about $26. So that was uh, kind of a yikes level. Uh, but I, I had gotten a, a Sonoran dog for about, I think, $11. And Luis got, yeah, got what's called a Putaco, which I even told him, you know, man, that, that name sounds uh, pretty offensive. But uh, it's basically a, 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 a mashup of a pupusa and a taco. And looking at it, it looked pretty, pretty filling you know, from uh, what he got. Yeah, it was pretty good. If anyone goes out to watch a Rising game or if you're going to watch SAG play at Phoenix Rising, definitely get the, the Putaco, which uh, <laughs> it's your excuse of being able to say all that too. But it actually was really good. I can see why it's their uh, fan favorite option there at the stadium. And they also ask for your phone number and they'll actually text you when your order is ready. And that's maybe something else that would be nice for uh, SAC to do for the food trucks to maybe have a system of sorts there. And it wasn't even like a big truck or anything whatsoever, too. Um, but one thing I found funny in that text message is that they say that they're not responsible if your food is cold, if you make it there late. So they're giving you a heads up. It's hot now. You come in 10 minutes. It's not our fault. Don't complain about it. You missed it. <laughs> you have been pre-warned. <laughs> And of course, another thing we experienced as well is uh, we had both left uh, Chiba Hut in downtown. We barely got maybe a minute to spare to hop on the uh, pub to pitch shuttle that was leaving uh, the Churchill in downtown Phoenix. That's the bus I would normally take to even get to the stadium when it used to be out in Chandler. They're still doing it here. But at least with us already being in downtown and the match being in downtown, it wasn't going to be the end of the world if we missed that bus we weren't going to have to pay like 30 or 40 dollars for an uber to get to the stadium or anything like that but once we were there we actually were still on the bus the bus driver i'm not sure if this was his first time or maybe wasn't really too familiar with the new stadium layout actually drove us into the players entrance area so we kind of got like i i figured something was going wrong because they were opening a gate like wait a second they they would usually have like a side that they would go through or something like that this something wrong and then one of the security guards walks up onto the bus ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming out for for phoenix rising fc you were fortunate enough to to come in by way of the player's entrance you're actually going to come with me i am going to walk you through the gate to the general entrance oh god so they probably thought oh my god the vips are here I was telling Jared, we got the podcast treatment, right? I mean, we're media, technically, so that may have been why. Maybe it was us, Jared. Thanks to us, everyone on that bus got in. (laughs) Oh, my God. Speaking of media, man, we've got to get back on the the mailing list. And I don't know why we keep not getting on the mailing (laughs) list for, you know, getting the post-match interviews from (sighs) our squad. You know, it, it sure would be nice to have those again uh, you know if anybody can put in a good word for us <laughs> we are a fan-based podcast and we are elevating the game in sacramento and we talk about sac republic and we have people that love listening to us we actually had a friend of my a friend of mine said that she was having a little bit of a, a moment uh and she was on the freeway driving and she was not comfortable uh, you know it's like sometimes when you're on the freeway and you're not comfortable she turned our podcast on and it calmed her right down because she could hear her friends talking 
about the squad and it just made her feel good and calm. It's because that's what we are. We're your friends. We are the friends of you. We're <laughs> and we're elevating this and we're talking about our favorite team. Yeah, sometimes you might not like what we say, but who cares? We're the fan base podcast for Sac Republic and everybody else out here. Who else is doing what we're doing? So put us on the email list. Come on, JJ. <laughs> Come on, Emil. Get us on the post-match interview email list. It's not that hard. Just keep us on that list. Thank you. PSA over. And we're also generating international exposure as well. So not just here in the U.S., but across the pond in the U.K., other countries as well. So keep that in mind, folks. Oh, that's right. We should say hello to our friends over at Up the Terriers. Let's <laughs> go. UTT. <laughs> yeah. HTT or yeah. UTT. <laughs> which we'll have a whole segment on them um in the following season too right so uh be on the lookout for that because we're going to be following the team uh closely here in uh the next you know 23 24 season for uh the terriers there but yeah and no, i'm glad that you mentioned that sharon it makes us feel all good we always say that anytime we get comments from people and if we're able to help with that even better right uh it makes us feel really good and also i wanted to give a shout out here before uh, we end the show to Walt, who left us a voicemail. I played it for you guys here uh, before we started recording. We appreciate your comment, Walt. Um, just for the rest of the listeners to know, he left us a voicemail uh, saying that he listens to the show and left a comment on the referees because of a comment that we had mentioned for the past referee there. And we really appreciate it here in his opinion. And if all of y'all want to leave a voicemail, you don't have to agree with what we're saying. If you want to give your own thoughts on something, that's even more awesome. I mean, that's one of the great things about us three here is that we don't always agree, as y'all might hear. <laughs> and it's great, right? We're still friends, all that. You don't have to agree on everything to be friends. And it just makes for a more interesting and dynamic conversation, I think, when you don't agree on everything. And we've seen that, especially with the podcast Winter Dinner. <laughs> that's to bring it back, but... We've seen that this season, and that's why some of us are are winning right now. But <laughs> yeah, we we appreciate the the multifaceted uh, points of view that that you all bring to us. You know, because just because we see something uh, some way, someone else might think, "Hey, you know, what about this, this, or this?" You know, something that maybe we're not paying a whole lot of attention to, or maybe something that we may miss out on. So it's always great to have a different different uh, opinions on on. The soccer world, you know, what's going on, what we're covering, what we may not be covering, points of view that we may not even take into account. So we definitely appreciate it. And once again, thank you again, Walt. I mean, we love to hear from you again. Maybe we'll get more folks uh, to uh, comment as well, you know, something that's on their mind. So definitely, by all means, leave us a voicemail on the website, sacksoccerpod.com. You know, we'll be glad to hear from you. And once again, we may even play it, play it or discuss it on air. Yeah, and if you want us to play it, uh, let us know. Or if you have a question in general, we'll definitely be uh, replaying it here on the show and we can actually answer it here directly. And there's a quick button there on the website, so it's pretty easy to find whether you're on your computer or on your phone there. So made it convenient. And also, while we have the website, just one more shout out to our sponsor for the website, which, Jared, you care to give us a sponsorship? I know you have like a advertisement that you also give out for our sponsors on the website 
Well, we definitely want, want to thank Meeks RV for, for being our premier sponsor. Uh, definitely, you know, great selection there. With it being summer and gas prices getting low in some places, this might be the time to, to have a look at the RVs, you know, see the options they have there. So definitely pull up Meeks RVs. You might get a good deal out there. I mean, it's not in, not in the big uh, Sacramento area. So, you know, you might get a little bit of a discount there, you know, they'll, Pull up a chair, you know, they'll discuss options with you. Go go over, you know, what you may want, what you may not want. So Beaks RV, you know, definitely give them a shout. Yeah, definitely. Support your local businesses, the local spots, and they usually tend to work you a better deal than sometimes the bigger dealership chains and all that. So we're really thankful for that sponsorship and their continued support, especially as we renew here for uh, a following year and our website turns a year next month. So. It's been quite some time, and I know a lot of you listening do listen on the website directly, so it's been a big help to us to have uh, SaxSoccerPod.com. All right, well, Sharon, Jared, last final parting words here before we say goodnight on this Father's Day. There. I uh, have a little issue unmuting myself. Um, all I can say is, like, go Sacramento. Let's have a good training sessions this coming week. Uh, figure out everything and to all of our beloved soccer teams, keep your winning ways, keep your chins up and know that you are making a difference. Sports makes a difference in people's lives, whether we're watching you or whether you're participating in the sport or whether you are supporting somebody, you know, a loved one or a kid or a husband or a wife who is involved in sports. They make a huge difference because they build team, they build community. And all I can say is go sack Republic. Come on, let's get, let's take it to San Antonio and smash their butts. All right. Send them, send them packing with a goose egg. All right. And I know it's a uh, time recording is father's day, but once again, uh, have a great rest of the happy father's day. Uh, whether you have your dad in your life or if you're missing them um, or, you know, for, for the moms that are pulling double duty, you know, you know, I get recognition as well. And also tomorrow, uh, we're also celebrating Juneteenth. So definitely uh, appreciate that being an official holiday now. So yeah, everyone have a safe and happy uh, Juneteenth. So celebrate it as best as you can. And go Republic. We need to beat Pitch Invaders FC. Oh, I'm sorry, San Antonio FC. Sorry about that. <laughs> And I got to say, that was a funny meme that you put there, Jared, right? Hopefully there's no pitch invaders because uh, I think you'll be in the next flight to Sacramento if you see that happening on TV. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll pretty much be playing the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin entrance music at uh, Hard Health Park if that happens. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, as for I go, I think that we have to play this next match as if it were a playoff game because it very well could be a playoff game against San Antonio once more. and. It's our game at home. We got to make sure we get the three points. We got to make sure we get a good goal scoring margin because that head to head might beat us at the end of the season. And we are right now in a perfect time to make sure that we beat San Antonio head to head. Should we tie? Because we might very well tie. We're that close in points that end of season. This game on Saturday might be the determining factor. And again, who gets to host a playoff game or not? So, Let's let's get the three points there, guys. And with that being said, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast as usual. 
We hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next Saturday at the game or you'll hear us uh, next Sunday here on State of the Republic podcast. Hear the music. <laughs> there we go. Naughty mute button. No, I'm showing in the background Jared's latest. <laughs> it's a robot that's getting knocked down by... Wait, I haven't seen this one. What does that? Jared, what does the caption like, say? The lady, the lady is pro referees, and the robot is equal to Sac Republic FC, and she just keeps knocking this damn robot down and keeps getting up and trying to score the goal, and she keeps knocking it down. But where's the lie, though? Where's the lie? (laughs) She lied that. That was hilarious. I'm sitting here. I was like, God. I just go through my reels and see the most randomest uh, videos, and that one came up. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Louise, I'm going to send this one to you so you can get it right away. Yeah, let's let's repost it on on our socials, too, so people could see it, because that's funny. Jared, can you go back into this and just tag uh, State Republic for this one? Because tag us, and then we can post it direct. Yeah, if all else fails, I'll just repost the same story, but, but with new tags. So I'll I'll figure it out. Well, you actually just hit the three dots at the bottom and it says add a mention. And if you add the mention of State Republic, then we can put it up right away. Okay, because I I thought once you actually post it, uh, there's really not much editing you can do on it. But all right, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll do that. You can go back in and hit the three dots at the bottom and it says add a mention and just add a That's how I do them now. I don't even put the at on anything anymore i just go back after i get it posted and just add the mentions okay yeah, I'll, I'll do that once we're done well we'll yeah. get it shared so that people can have a good laugh because I, I didn't even really see the caption here on the screen but just seeing the little robot <laughs> jesus <laughs> poor robot so I feel bad for it. <laughs> it, it felt so right it was so wrong and it felt so right thank you jared uh no worries i think we might be done recording here but uh I think no, we're still sorry. recording. We're oh, still no. recording. There's all blooper stuff right here. Yeah, I kept it going oh, for bloopers. So I didn't we didn't have that much, or I would have beeped you anyway. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah.